Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have on the legendary Mick Rocks from Uriah Heat. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. All good. All good. I'm excited to have you on. You have been playing for so long, I mean, the fabric of people's music for so many years. What? It sounds so cliche. Like, what keeps it fresh? I mean, you, is it kind of like you, you work? You, you know, you find a job you love so much that you don't think you're working every day type of thing? Where it's not like it's a job, it's just your muse. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's you know, I've still got the same passion for, you know. Well, that's what I mean, yeah. Being in a band. And then and, and I, when I first started, yeah. I mean, I think it's that passion that drives you on and keeps you going, you know. Um, you know, riding over all the rough spots and, and the good times too, you know. So, uh, yeah, it's the passion that gets you through everything. I mean, because your performances, or even over the years, I just was just on recently – the walking show is it, is it accurate 219 or something you're still just as strong and happy and passionate you can feed off the energy it's very exciting you know but you're not you know you sound as good as ever it's great well thank you very much well we hope we hope you do you know because we we work really hard at it and uh we always give 110 percent you know every show and we play a, we play every show like you said last show if you like you know and we put that much energy and effort into it and i think I think that's very important. And of course, we're, we're a band that communicates very well with the audience. So, um, you know, they energize us and we energize them, you know, so it's a, it's a two-way thing. It's great. Well, and that's why I'm saying it's kind of, it's, it may seem redundant for some people to say that stuff out loud, but the truth is you, you, you have a, um, 52 years, about 52 years now. And first off, to be a band that long, to sound that good and to play that well and be that happy, give back that much energy for that long is you know, almost unknown in the industry. You know, the shelf life was three to five years when you started. So to be like, it's your first day again, that excited and the fans can feel that that's, that's good. You know? Yeah. I think, I think it's, it's, it's the only way to go. You know, we've never I been know, a band, right? we've never been a band that, that shoegazes or, or just goes through the motion. <laughs> We're always using, uh, you know, um, new, 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 new songs in the set and stuff, you know, and and get you know releasing new albums indeed you know in fact we've got one in the pot now ready to be released so um, it's it's a very important thing for us to be very truthful to our heritage um, but always moving forward at the same time. That being said, so I want to step back. I want to talk about your album and you got a bunch of good stuff going on. But I'm a guitar player and a guitar fan. I just want to touch on your guitar playing. It, when you started, like over the years, and you you your sound is pretty much stayed the same, but you've gone back and forth like have you favored a certain guitar style and guitar and pedal over the years you keep going back and forth over or over the years you've kind of keep changing it up a little bit you know what i'm saying like it's yeah yeah no i've, I've probably um, tone chasing you know what i'm saying you're kind of tone chasing but you got established as a sound but then there's always tone chasing <laughs> but i've never i've never gone the the route of um you know really music and everything else you know um i, I just call that you know tadpoles and an a4 to me um you know, and doing scales, scales are on fish. <laughs> and, you know, I, I tend to just do it from an emotive standpoint each time. Mm -hmm. um, when I started off playing, um, my my guitar teacher was a guy called um, Alan Hoskinson. I think your stage name is Alan Hoskins. And he was the second guitar to Django Reinhardt. So my introduction was very jazzy and, you know, yeah. um, and I used to love all those chord progressions and things. They, they were really lovely. And... Um, and I kind of grew out of that um, because because I could you know my mother could only afford 
uh, to send me once a week and, and it'd give me the lesson on the Saturday, for instance, yeah. and I could play it that afternoon and had to wait a whole week. So I tended to virtually, you know, it suddenly went, well, I've got to do this on my own. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. And, that's, and then, then I went off and, you know, and heard people like Buddy Holly and Eddie Cochran and those sort of um, 50, 60 rockers. And then that grew, you know, with Elvis Presley, of course, you know, and all, you know, all those things that were happening around that time. And then it kind of grew into the rock thing, you know, when the Beatles and Stones came up and, and um, opened up a whole new world. You were from a period, like in the late 60s, even mid-60s to mid-70s is when there's so many new guitar sounds. Like that, you, you, would, you know, like everybody kind of grew over certain sounds every year. It's like a, a progression. But man, yes. from 65 to 75, you're like, where did you get that sound from? Like, I, I just feel that's maybe just personal, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it was yeah, like, yeah. from like, you know, 13 elevators, like you're doing like garage mod rock in the 60s to like, in the, you know, 70. I mean, just everybody was just out there with the sounds. Well, you yeah. get there to the late 60s or mid 60s, and it was all very polite. Everyone was wearing suits and ties yeah. and short haircuts and, um, and and playing through little combos and doing little dance moves <laughs> while they were playing and stuff like that. It was all very polite and nice and lovely. Um, and then, you know, bands like ourselves and Black Sabbath and Dick Burble and Led Zeppelin came and shook the world up. And, you know, we actually, uh, you know, getting into the 70s, you know, it was like a, you know, Marshall Stacks, you know, everything was bigger and bigger and bigger. And then there was the, it was a bit rebellious, I have to say, you know, the long hair, mm -hmm. which still here, thank goodness. <laughs> And you know the bell bottom. Hey, you have a great head of hair, I gotta tell you. Especially, I mean, man, <laughs> envious, like a superpower. Yeah, uh, yeah it's still there. Thank goodness for that, mate. But anyway, um, yeah. So we, we we kind of changed the whole thing, shook it all up, and and uh, and without knowing it, we created our own sort of. Um, well, we started creating at the end of the classic rock scene, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it, it was a great time. I have to say, it was very creative. I mean, record labels signed you for six, seven album deals, and you grew with the label. The label grew with you. Um, it was it was a, a great time for creativity, for sure. But I think the one one of the things you're touching on, which I think um, is very important, was back in those days, um, everyone was an individual, was a musician. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with the bands I mentioned, you know, the guitars were different. Well, I didn't play like Richie. Richie didn't play like Jimmy Page. Jimmy didn't play like... Yeah. Exactly. And the same with the bass players, same with the drummers, same with the keyboard players, same with the vocalist. And it's the sum of those parts that gave each of those bands their own character and sound. And that's kind of missing today because everyone is sounding the same, looking looking the same, and kind of um, traveling the same path. You know, I, I agree. I think actually it started to just really go bad. You talk about shoegazing in the nineties. It started to really funnel into this weird type of thing where you can't tell artists apart anymore. I mean, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, I think yeah. the 80s, e even the 80s for pop, you had like um, Men at Work and Cindy Lauper and Prince, but they didn't sound the same, but they were pop. I think that was the last battle of individuality. I mean, there's still some artists nowadays. I'm not saying everybody. It's just, you know, but when you hear classic rock, you know who these artists are. You know who everybody is, you know? Yeah. Because well, you know, it's, 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 it's like this, you know, guitarists, for instance, go into a, a, a guitar school or college, or whatever it is, university, and they spend two years going through the process and they all come out playing fantastic guitar, but they're all playing exactly the same in that process. Nobody's paid any attention to any individuality. And I think that's sadly missing today, which is a shame. But, you know, you that's the way... That, yeah, I'm sorry. One of the things I do hear, like what you said, is for that time period, and all the great guitarists, just like you, have done the same thing. I learned a little bit here, 
And then I went on my own. A lot of play the record, put the needle back, put the needle back, rewind the cassette, heard it myself. These are who I liked. I, I deep dive, I deep dive. I tried it, I tried it, I played out, I played out instead of just, you know, being a cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that could be a big reason why we're not having so much originality. I mean, besides, you know, the musical world of compression of um, and the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the commercial well, you know, world. The way we record, the way, well, uh, lots of bands record, not, not us, because we still go in the studio, play as a band in the studio and record it there and then, you know. Supposed to. And, uh, Supposed to. Real old school. We haven't moved on in that regard, you know. And uh, we should use technology rather than let it dictate how we should use it, if you like. And so we have a different mindset to a lot of people. But I think, I think, you know, with with the advent of Pro Tools and people doing stuff at home and everything, sending files to each other, I think you've lost a lot of the heart and soul out of the music, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you can tell those things, you know, those things are very evident. And I think that's why the longevity of of bands like us and all the other bands I mentioned are still still revered and played in their homes and, and, and they want to hear in the live arena. You know, it's, it's right. last 50 years, you know, so um, it's, it's got to be saying something, isn't it? You know, but I'm not well, sure today we'll do that. You know, I think it was just because no, everything I, I, is so disposable. I agree with you. I don't know who's going to be, I don't know who our future, not, Rockstar had a lot of different versions of the saying back in the day. And you're right, with record labels, you had, you had a time to build a, a fan base and you, no bands would survive nowadays like that. There's no six albums to, to build a career and, you know, none of that is there. Touring up and down the country, you know, sleeping in the van, putting the gig money into the fuel tank to get to the next place, yeah. you know. And it was a whole Only different con- Yeah, you know? no one could do that nowadays, you know. And just, you're just um, find cars as you go through, you know. You know, I started on a very, um, I've got my first guitar over there that my mum bought me. Um, it was just, just amazing, you know, but... You know, you started with really, really basic stuff. You didn't have the equipment. You didn't have the access to it. Now people start, you know, so, you know, there's such great guitars there that are very cheap. Yeah. And you buy the best equipment, you know, um, yep. very cheaply and, and get great sounds, you know. So it's a different ball game. Whereas we, you know, we had the, the rusty strings and the, you know. Well, I was going to say, you, because your first one, like, I remember my first acoustic was like metal strings. You put your finger on it. It almost makes your fingers like cut like deviled eggs or with the eggs as egg slicers. You feel like every yeah. time you touch it, it just hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, you broke all a my string. guitars are almost all, yeah, are all used yeah. guitars. I love pawn shop guitars because you got to find the treasures. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you broke a string, then you went and bought one string, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you didn't get a set, you know, because you can afford it. I mean, I used to. And now, how many sets do you have of like one missing string, right? You know, you have like a bazillion, like, you know, yeah. other strings, but you always use that one stupid string again. For instance, guitar picks, I used to buy the, the, the Balalaika ones with the big, the big torture shell. Yeah. It was a huge, huge pick. And I'd, I'd cut them into five picks. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's, that's the way it was then, you know, you didn't have that accessibility that you can now where you can go in and buy now, every What do you use for picks now? Like, Pardon? Now that you can, now that you can afford it, what are you using for picks? For picks, I've got. Um, I, I use very, very hard pick. You know, one millimeter is, is the softest I'll ever use. Really? <laughs> I like to dig in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but normally it's Jim Dunlop um, picks that are very good. And uh, but I get my um, my my tech to to score them with with a okay. standard. Um, yeah, because I do a lot of the hand movement stuff, and and of course I've got to hold onto that hard. <laughs> well, I love it because that I love asking a guitar player like what they use because I can't tell you how many times I'm so surprised. Like sometimes it'll be like heavy strings, or somebody I expect would be like hitting hard to like light strings. Like like what are your gauges for your strings? Like what do you? 
DJ. Oh, nine to forty-two. Nine to forty-two. Oh, that's pretty pretty yeah. good. And I just like Especially to dig in. Yeah. I mean, Wild Wild's a big part of my sound. You know, I've got you know Genji and Dunlop, um, Crybaby, and uh, it's a big part of my sound. But I don't always use it as a wild. I, I you know. If you look at a band like Your Are Heaped, to the left of me, there's a Hammond organ and Leslie's, and then the bass, and then the big double bass drums. So there's a lot yeah. of bass end over that side coming at me. So when I do solos, I try and get the wah on a sweet spot so I can sing over the top of it, you know. Um, so I, I use it more as a tone bend than anything, you know. In fact, you know, when I bend up, the foot goes down, and it's more of an expression mm-hmm. pedal rather than wah, 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 wah. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a good point. And that's the thing, like, the, um, you have a large band, to find your sonic sweet spot for everybody to sound good. Yeah, I absolutely. think that's a really special thing. Cause a lot of bands don't do that. And you're like, yeah, they're okay. But there's something I don't know about it. When you see them, it's because it's all muddy. It's just, not, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You also, need to also, have like, there's the art of, of, you know, when I'm playing um, high inversions of chords, the kid will play a low one and vice versa. Right. So you're not, you're not muddying it up. As you're saying, the word muddy comes in when you do that, when you're both yeah. playing in, in the same register, it tends to get a bit muddy. Um, but yeah, they're the things you learn as you go along with, isn't it? You know, that's fantastic. So, you guys have well, you got a little heavy first. Any other new album, but let's talk. You have a choice cuts, you want to talk choice. about that a little bit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from so, yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing that, your band, you get some, you get some merch, you get some albums out. <laughs> <laughs> the choice cuts was a, it was all born out of BMG, who actually yeah. owned the first run of albums, if you like. Um, and, and, and they come up with that idea. And um, first of all, they, they mentioned it to me without me knowing anybody else going to be involved. I thought it was just me. So I um, I just, I thought, well, I'm not going to choose the, the obvious cuts, you know, the July mornings and the gypsies and the, the things right, that we right. play tonight that people expect to hear. I'll I'll, use, I'll try and get the deeper cuts. And uh, that's, yeah. that's the way I go is mine. Um, and, and I think it works very well. You know, I did have Salisbury in the actually full track because I think it's a you know, wonderful piece of music. But of course, it's it's a long, long, long piece of music. So they said to me that we can't get that and all the other ones you've chosen onto the, onto the CD. So I said, okay, what have I got to lose? And they said, well, be good if you lose Salisbury. So I went, okay, somebody else would do it anyway. So. <laughs> That's great. So you've had a couple of compilations out and a few live albums out. So you guys are always doing stuff, and you guys have not stopped recording. You know. Forever. I mean, and and so now, the ideas, the freshness is that you do you still have like, you know, a ton of ideas always coming, or is it like you have to stop and write, or are you just kind of guy that's always writing? I think it's a, it's a continuous process, to be honest. You know, you write sort of something every day, whether it's just a little lyric or a one line or, or a guitar riff or something. You just you know document it nowadays, of course, on your iPhone very quickly or yep. sing it into it, and then when you play it back and you think, well, that, that's interesting, then you go and develop it elsewhere. You know. Um, well, sit down and start looking at it seriously but it's a continuous process I mean we do speed up a bit when we say okay we've got an album we're going to record in October and then you know about July August we're thinking oh, we should get this together <laughs> yeah. but of course Philip Phil the keyboard player and myself have been the main writers so you know he's been the keyboard player he's got loads of keyboard ideas I've got loads of guitar mm-hmm. ideas and we're very in tune with each other musically and, and, and lyrically and everything else. So we write very fast. But with the advent of COVID for, for this album we've just written, we, it's one of those yeah. things we've had to 
FaceTime each other and say, I've got this, I've got this, send it back. You know, and it was it was a long process. Whereas him and me in a room, we'll probably write something in a day. Whereas here, you know, you know, I've got to go shopping, I've got to drop someone off here, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Yeah, suddenly, suddenly it's three weeks. Come on, mate, send me the lyric. Oh. <laughs> you know, send me the send me the the add-ons that you you're looking for and, and I'll send you back mine. You know, it's, it's so it was a long process, but nevertheless the the the, the qualities there so we're very happy it's with still good. just took a little, little bit more to focus on yeah i think <laughs> people recording doing zoom is kind of good at some level you can do your band you guys can talk and when you're done you can just turn it off and go back upstairs and watch your netflix or whatever that's also being yeah. in this band room with a bunch of people all day long you're like i'm done boom it's convenient <clears throat> but then you miss the soul of the people and no we have to focus on this until we get done you know yes um what i was going to say is not every artist sits and writes a little bit every day some people literally just don't do anything for a year and they focus on songwriting time for this period so it's, you know i would think to me it'd be more natural to kind of as it comes i'd be i'm the kind of guy yeah i gotta do a little as you go i can't do it all at once so that <laughs> well, makes sense to me but there's some people who just don't touch the guitars for the tour like have you been playing a lot no, since you have mouth road i couldn't i couldn't do that you know it's something that's right. what we should, should do continuously i mean i have to say that you know we put, put the you know the pedal to the metal if you like um, when we know there's uh, something ahead, right. we've got a, a demand, you know, that so you've got to be ready by here because we're going in the studio. Yeah. And that's that's a different ball game, you know. But generally, day to day, it's, you know, you, you listen to things, you know, no, I want to do this. Not always things of a heap, I have to say. You know, you just write. You know, you don't write specifically for the band all the time. You write all sorts of things, you know, and uh, all sorts of different music. Um, but, yeah, my son, for instance, he's, 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 he's doing a lot of rap stuff. And um, which is not my genre at all, but you know, I've been in the computer and I've, I've, I've written some songs for him and stuff, and he's got up and recorded them in the studio with the proper producer. They sound fantastic, you know, but it's uh, you know, again, you know, but you're still writing something, you know, you're still creating, and I think, I think that's the essence of it all is just to keep creating. What is the um, the end goal for this new album to come out? What are we thinking? Well, it's just, um, we just finished, uh, it was the same producer, Joe Rustin, who did our last album, Living the Dream, mm-hmm. that was accepted by fans of media alike, saying it's one oh, of the best. It's so good, it's so good. That's what I'm saying, it's like so strong. It's not like you guys are just easing well, in, well, you know, the last You know, a lot of people say it's one of the best of our career, and 50 years down the line, you think, well, that, hang on, that's a thumbs up. So we used Joe well, yeah. again. He was fantastic. He, he came along. He came over to England, we recorded it in the same studio, same thing band in the studio playing together and you know we, we didn't hardly use the click track just go for it as a band you know and uh yeah you know you rehearse the track up and in two or three seconds you got it you know it's great because the band's on fire and then um so anyway it's, it's we've just okayed the um bank and forth with the mixes so mm-hmm. we've got that done now and of course now we've got to do the cover um you know all the art all the artwork which takes a long time anyway uh, and Who decides um, that you guys the band or does the studio come back and someone bring it oh, to you no, guys or do you guys handle it in-house no we decided yeah 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 Good. you know we we have the um we'll come we usually we usually the process is i did i usually come up with the title <laughs> normally and then once everyone's agreed that jumps on it then we'll give it to an artist and then we'll start building up the ideas and seeing back yeah. and forth and then it will just and then we'll do all the booklet and everything and give it to the record company then to be honest it's in their hands when they feel best to because it is music business and we've done the music and they'll do the business, you know, they'll decide 
when best to release it to get the benefits they're looking for for their investment. So it's. I can see that. I don't think anybody knows right now. I've seen a lot of a lot of the bands we talked about are releasing their best albums. You guys have had some of your best albums recently. You know, Deep Purple sent some. I mean, a lot of the bands that started out rocking are doing their best music now. And I don't know if there's a right or wrong time to, to, to do it, whether people are locked down. Some people are, you know, follow my thought here, like, well, if the fans aren't doing anything, this is a great time for them to sit down and listen to my music. They'll cheer them up and help them get through the hard times. And some guys are like, no, I want to wait and tour it. Mm-hmm. Is it right or wrong? I don't think so. It's just... You, you, I have to be honest, you know, uh, through all the difficult times of COVID, um, you know, music was the, the only... The only pleasurable thing to get people through if you like it helped them get through all those difficult times and and also um it's a really funny thing i, I i've got some um beautiful acoustic guitars made by ferch f-u-r-c-h from the czech republic and um i'd ordered them pre-covid because they're going to be, be made specifically for our 50th anniversary and it was two six strings and a 12 string you know, acoustic and they'll and I never thought i'd ever see them you know because of covid you know i thought you know the factory yeah. probably closed down and then Doorbell went ring. This guy's carrying these boxes in. I went, what the, What's this? And then I opened him up, and it's the virtue. And, and I thought, wow, you know, they've come good. And I thought, well, how can they come good? Because you know, with COVID and all that, and everyone, you know, all, the, all these other businesses closing. Yeah. And I phoned them up and said, you know, thank you very much, but you know, how, how did this all eventuate? And then he said, uh, we're busier than ever. The factory's yeah. just overrun. He said because everyone is at home. And they're thinking, oh, I'd like to play guitar. And they're buying guitars, getting involved, more involved with music because they've got the time to do it. I, I've heard that. And I, I'm almost hoping that also we have a new generation of people that went back to the 60s and 70s and 80s of real guitar rock. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And start yeah. deep diving. And also we have a new generation of some rockers coming out again that play music and sit in a band and go back to the old fashioned analog. That's I, I love the recording studio an analog and then it's digital, but I mean, a- analog and that sound, or at least a combination of it and, and being yes. with people and making mistakes. And it's, 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 you know, it's healing. And this show started during COVID because I wanted to work with artists and, and, and then kind of promote what they're doing. So people go to their sites and support yeah. the artists that aren't touring, but also yeah, bring yeah. music and different conversations into the house, the people that yeah. are home, because music makes you feel good. Even if you could take a half hour, an hour break, all of us collectively yes. can just share some music. Yes, yeah. It's right. healing. It's like food for the soul. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to your albums over this COVID and like how much a lot of a lot of bands, especially rock. Rock just is the best. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's, you're feeling it's, bad. Well, it's never gone away. It's you know, it's one. Of, it's a genre of music that keeps. Uh, it keeps coming into focus and leaving and coming into focus and leaving, but it never left, if you know what I mean. Never left. It never left the room. Everyone always still loves it, which thank God they do, you know. And here we are, 50 years, 52 years down the line, um, still going out on the road and playing those songs. And you're playing big places too. I mean, Rock hit a, took a big hit, you know, many times. Yeah. I mean, and, and luckily there's some survival for a lot of Rock because Europe itself in particular. The, you know the continent, not, not the band, but the continent is, is yeah. very loving of of rock and metal and, and, and loyalty. Actually, in Asia, U.S. is kind of picky and very moody, but outside there, it allowed a lot yeah. of careers to keep flourishing. Well, we're, we're we're lucky in as much as we you know pre-COVID and pre-war now as it is, 
Um, oh, we used to. Is that we, yeah, yeah. We used to play. We used to play in sixty-two countries. Yeah. You know, so we were always out there touring the world. You know, and and doing one hundred and fifty shows a year. You know, so it was it was a you know we were always out there, um, loving it. You know, it's, it's what we live for. You know that communication. It, it, it'll come back, but it'll be different now. You know, even you know, with Brexit, the countries that how are you going to how are bands are going to travel around because of Brexit, on top of COVID, on top of the war. I mean, you're like, what the heck? It, it's it is a dilemma, but it's something that we have to. Um, just get on with, you know, I, I, I was going to use the word embrace, but I don't think that's the word. I think the word is you just to get heads down and go for it because otherwise yeah. you sit at home moaning about it all, you know. Um, the fact that the facts are there, that Brexit is not allowing us to move through Europe freely like we used to, and COVID killed a lot of um, lot of the industry. Yeah. Um, so we, we just do our bit and get out there and still play to people. Um, we've got festivals through um, June, July, August, and then we start the 50th anniversary, albeit two years late. Yeah, right now. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, which, which, up to Christmas, would be, again, pre-war, which is just awful what's happening out there. But um, we we had 61 shows in 25 countries in just under three months. So that's the sort of tourist schedule we were on. <laughs> That's good. You, you know, it's funny, not funny about the war, but what's funny is a lot of people have been posting on music sites that are from Ukraine or or people that are obviously are living in Russia but aren't, you know, for the war, that talk yeah. about the unity and the community and how important music is now just as much as anything now, and how it's helping them get through things, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I know when you say embrace, I, I, I think embrace is not, it's not it's a good word for it. I mean, it's like, it's like when somebody passes away, and you go, and if depending on how your family deals with it, you know, you got to wait for afterwards. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you 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 got to embrace the sadness. You got to laugh about it, joke about it. You got to kind of grab a hold of it, figure yeah. out what's going on with it, and how you're going to emotionally digest it, and how you're going to move forward, or what you're going to do with it. It's, it's. If it's, you ignore it, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely agree. And but right now, you know, um, I think everyone's in the quandary of how how far it's going to go. And, uh, you know, is there a possibility to, to halt it at all, you know? And I think they're, they're, they're the things that are being worked on right now. I mean, please, God, they just stop it. And, you know, we, we've got a great association with both countries. And we were the first Western rock band to play in Russia and in Moscow in December 87, invited by Glasnost, went over there and played to 180,000 people in a 10-day period in the Lipsky Stadium. And seeing the fans there, it was just amazing how our music actually got through all, the, all that communist regime incredible you know the power of music again and there again in the ukraine you know i mean one of our biggest shows ever was 130,000 people in kiev or kiev as they say now um in the town square there you know so you know we've got great fans in in both countries and it's just awful to see that this this turmoil happening this it's it's it's, well as you know it's mostly it's governmental stuff you know i mean it's not the russians it's the russian government you know when most wars happen and most decisions you know, most of the people in England didn't want Brexit, but the government, you know, battled it out and figured out how they voted for it kind of weirdly. It's always, yeah. or the American government's got its hand doing something, or the other governments are always, yeah. people are kind of always, just want to chill out and be together. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, peace and love is simple as that, isn't it? You know, It really is. You know, you know it, it really is. And if there's a mansion to be had, that would be it. Certainly. And I, 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 just like you, I hope, fingers crossed, I mean, any day, I keep hearing, I keep hoping this be, ceasefire they've decided to talk it out and argue about it or arm wrestle or something no more no more people need to die i mean 
Yeah. Everyone in, in, in Ukraine just, you know, and even the soldiers are being tricked, I guess, the in Russia. The Russian soldiers are like, I didn't sign up for this. They're just kids. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is unnecessary. So hopefully, very shortly, we'll be talking about you being able to go out and play these places and the healing power and people rebuilding, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a good testament to the human being, is it? Yeah, to be honest, that we, we are still, you know, looking at war in, in 2022. Come on. It you is, know. but if you, if you look at the bad actors, though, and you think about how quickly a lot of people got together to do everything they could to stop the war, it's actually yeah, surprising yeah. to me how quickly everybody got together to say, whoa, they stood up for somebody. I don't think that would have yeah. happened a long time ago. I was like, all right, well, that's cool. Let's hope it stops because we need to stop it. Yes. <laughs> um, we do. We do. Peace well, I want to just add on, on one high point. So with the anniversary and the album and trying to figure out the touring, What's the balance of doing new songs, but you're also doing a 50th anniversary, you know, celebration? Yeah, 50 years of rock, man. And now you're going to be like, oh, by the way, we have a new album. We well, luckily, we've play got, for five hours. <laughs> luckily, we've got like 24, whatever it is, albums that we can choose from for music. Um, yeah. I don't think the record company will allow us to play any of the new stuff that we've just recorded because, as we all know, in, in, you know, with, with the media as it is, today um you know we can play a song before we're back in the dressing room taking our jeans off and changing their clothes it's up on facebook or something you know right right <laughs> and, and 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 you don't want your new music to be that but that'd be the first entry into it is a right. really bad recorded version of a song well, 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 what it meant was i think well i got you i don't really thought of that too i think nowadays when it first came out it was like naturally you don't want that happening but nowadays it almost feels like that's just part of the part of that the process now once it comes out, you see a live version, you see this, everybody accepts it as being a crappy version. Everybody kind of knows it's kind of the process and they still wait for the album. I think it's always yeah. becoming part of the norm. But what I'm saying is, like, you're going to start your 50 year tour, but at some point your new album's going to come out during this tour. Because it's got to be because the way COVID and everything's going on, it's going to be released kind of around the same time because you're catching up on the 50. So at some point you have a new album out while you're still doing your 50 tour. That's well, what I'm saying, be- you know. Maybe that we finish the 15th anniversary and then it, then it gets released then, for, for all I know. And then, then we then we start touring the album fully um, with, you know, the record company's, you know, promotion behind it and everything else that's required, you know, in this day and age of ours. Um, it makes sense. It, it's, it, make, it makes sense, but, you know, um, as musicians... But dates keep getting pushed back, though, you know what I'm saying? But the dates yeah, keep getting pushed back. Like, if you keep saying, normally you would have done your 50 already and you would have had your new album and it would have been normal. But we don't know what's going to happen. In your t- tours are becoming these weird collaborations. They're all, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, as musicians, we, we want it out now. <laughs> right. Like, I just want to play. I'm going to play yeah, that new yeah. music. Let's do it. Come on, let's rock. You know, but it's, you know, we have we have to bow down to, um, you know, what the record company think, to be honest, because it's, it's in their hands. <laughs> oh, that sounds so unrebellious. After 52 <laughs> years of your rock, we have to bow down to the company. Oh, you don't. Everybody <laughs> works for you guys. You guys put out the music. You guys set the pace. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no one's going to see the record company. Yeah, they do yeah, great yeah. stuff. Don't get me wrong; all these labels are doing great stuff, but no well, one's going to go to see them on stage. It is the music business, you know, and and as I all music, we're very good at the music. <laughs> but over the I years, know. we're too good with the business. <laughs> it's all good. This is, you know, Nick. I want to thank you for coming on today and giving some time during these times. This has been a pleasure. I want to thank Fantastic. you. Well, thank you. For any, any final words? Any, any final words you want to say out there for people or anything? Yeah, I mean, you know, we can't wait to get out there and rock with everyone. I mean, uh, actually, on the posters of the um, 
the tour as it's going through, um, it was, it's actually written out of lockdown into lockdown. And, uh, and I, I hope that's uh, something yeah. that we can really, you know, do all over the world and uh, you know, just get down to what we love doing and, um, you know, and get out and meet everyone and uh, do great shows everywhere. And, you know, because, you know, in, in the rock music, with, with like a band like ourselves, you know, we hope that we just mm -hmm. help people to escape things that, that, are, that are not good in the world right. and you lose yourself for that two hours, hour and a half, whatever it is, and, and have the best time of your life, you know, and leave with a smile on your face. And, and I think that's and, and a good feeling in your heart. And I think that's that's the essence of it all, really. That's perfect. And I tell people, go to the go to the website, the Raya website, and go to Mick's website. He's got some posters on there. I don't want to get sidetracked. It's like no conversation. But just some great posters that you guys have on your poster page. A lot of other good stuff, but the poster page is... The best for me. I love the flyers. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like through the years of different bands, and it's just like, who's still there now? You're right, Heap. You're right, Heap. All those guys aren't there anymore. Who's still there? You're right, Heap. You're right, Heap. You know what I mean? Slow and steady, just gonna keep on going. You know, we're yeah. talking today. Not some of those guys in those posters. I think one of my favorite posters is is Uriah Heap, Earth, Wind, and Fire, ZZ Top. That's a good one. That is, yeah. I, I There's love some that. good ones on there too. Because you know, at that it was only good or bad music. It wasn't pigeonholed like it is now. You know, they put they put a tour together and they put three bands of the same ilk. Whereas in those days, you can see ZZ Top being blues-based band and then, you know, Earth, Wind and & Fire and all the funk yeah. and everything. It was fantastic. And then we come out and do the classic rock. It was it was great. And the good thing about that is you turn on their fans, their, their fans are turned on by this band and that band, you know, and, it, and you, you grow, you know, it's, it's, it was great. Great time, but yeah, that was that was a good good poster. It was great. That, I love that one and some this is Def Leppard ones. I love the idea of seeing you Def Leppard together. I like the, the the two different types of music that's similar but a little bit different. The crossover, yeah. the influences. That's, that's brilliant. It. That's kind of what music's about, you know. Yeah. So, all right, people, you got the websites. You saw the interview. There's music coming out. There's box sets. There's live music. There's a lot. But when you, they come, get tickets for the show. All right, Mick. Thank Happy you. Nice. Take care. <laughs> Happy nice.